Oh, Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to watch so that we may know your presence right here, right now, during this holy season of joy as we celebrate the coming of Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. In his name we pray. Amen. Our Old Testament reading is from the book of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, first four verses, and then 9 through 8 through 11. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our Lord, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who mourn in Zion, to give them a garland instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. They will be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord to display his glory. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former <coughs> devastations. They shall repair the ruined <coughs> cities, the devastation of many generations. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully give them their recompense and I will make an everlasting covenant with them. Their descendants shall be known among the nations and their offspring among the peoples. All who see them shall acknowledge that they are a people whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exult in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels. For as the earth brings forth its shoots, and as a garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all nations. Our gospel reading is from the gospel of Luke. Last week I talked about how much Mark crammed into that very first chapter his account of the gospel. Well, today our gospel reading is from Luke, whose first chapter was pretty full too. Luke was no slouch either. First, the priest Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, who was thought to be barren, learn that they're going to have a baby who will grow up to be John the Baptist. Then the angel Gabriel visits Mary saying, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. And Mary is told that she will have a baby who will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The angel also tells her that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant despite her old age for nothing Nothing is impossible with God. And Mary goes to visit her cousin who greets her crying loudly, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. 
Mary's song of praise in response to Elizabeth's greeting is our gospel lesson today. Listen now for God's word for us from Luke, the first chapter. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. How do you and I, how do we, how do we magnify the Lord? Today's gospel text is that 10-verse text in the first chapter of Luke that is known by the name Magnificat, which comes from the word that begins Mary's song in the Latin translation. Our English version began, My soul magnifies the Lord. And that phrase used to be as confusing to me as the Latin name, Magnificat. How do we, how can we magnify God? Well, sometimes we can gain understanding of what the Bible says a little better by looking at various translations. In fact, that internet website, and, and there's an app for that too, called BibleGateway.com, it will let you compare side by side any of dozens of translations of any Bible passage. Now we read from the New Revised Standard Version, my soul magnifies the Lord. There's a Holman Christian Study Bible that renders that phrase as, my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. Or the Common English Bible, the CEB that I've often read from here, at Berea, and that Mary said, with all my heart, I glorify the Lord. Mary's words echo ideas that she had heard in the stories of women in the Hebrew Bible that we call the Old Testament. People like Hannah and Miriam. It also echoes Psalms like Psalm 34, which begins, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the, let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. So how do we, how do we magnify or glorify and proclaim God's greatness? Well, before we answer that, consider a little bit your own image of Mary. Because in much of the artwork, especially on Christmas cards, she's portrayed as meek and mild, and a lot of times she looks pretty passive, right? 
But if you watch what she does, if you read what she says, especially here in the Magnificat, you won't see a person who is submissive or immature. You will see a merry, well-spoken, wise, and gritty. I read a uh, column in which someone pointed out, you know, the shepherds heard the names and they were afraid. And, they, and, a, and a bunch of the folks in the Bible, when the angels approached them, they say, oh, I'm afraid. But not Mary. Mary's told, you're going to have a baby. And she says, well, how's that going to be? How's that going to happen? <laughs> she asks the practical question. She doesn't respond with fear at all. Well, Nancy Rockwell writes that Mary is determined, not domestic, free, not foolish, holy, not helpless, strong, not submissive. She beckons women everywhere, and I would say people everywhere, to speak out for God's justice, which is waiting to be born into the world. William Barclay is a favorite commentator, and he's written that Mary's Magnificat song tells of three of God's revolutions. First, in, in the 50 verse verse, we read, he scatters the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. And Barclay says that's a moral revolution. When we dare to set our lives by comparison with the life of Jesus Christ, compare the way we live and the way that Jesus lived, any reason for pride we had is gone. No matter how good we think we are, even no matter how good we really are, our pride cannot survive that kind of comparison. Well, the second revolution, uh, verse 52 says, he's brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. That's a social revolution because Christianity ends the power of world's labels, the world's ranking of our worth or other people's worth based on how much money we have or how little, where we went to school or didn't, what status our parents have or don't, what kind of car or truck we drive, or for some of us don't, <laughs> how thin we are or aren't, how athletic we are or not, how beautiful we are or not. No matter what, God loves us all so much he sent his son to die for us, you and me, and all of God's children. Well, third, verse 53 says, God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. That's an economic revolution. Secular society, the world at large says, whoever dies with the most toys wins. <laughs> Which is to say, get all you can for good old number one and let everybody else fend for themselves. That's what the world says. The Bible says that people who love God watch out for other people, especially the most vulnerable. In Bible days, that meant children, that meant widows, that meant orphans, and it meant people with disabilities. That is, those who just could not fend for themselves. 
from corrupt power. And it still does. So as we approach Christmas, how will you magnify the Lord? As we approach 2018, how will you proclaim the greatness of the Lord in what we say, in what we do, in what we think? How will we magnify the Lord? How with our whole heart how will we glorify the Lord? Thanks be to God. Forgetting what lies behind, straining forward to what lies ahead, let us press on to the goal of being disciples of Jesus Christ. Now may the grace of God the Father bless you with peace. May the love of Jesus Christ sustain you in joy. And may the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with hope and gratitude this day and forevermore. Amen. <laughs>